Here's a place where all of us can be safe. Our stories of transformation can be safe, and all the things we want to research are safe here. This is Safe Space with Cheyenne. I'm really excited you're here, and I hope you stick around for a while, because I've got a lot to show you before I leave Earth. I love you guys. Hello, welcome back to your safe space. It is me, Cheyenne or Moonbeam, whatever you want to call me. Uh, so originally, this episode was supposed to be an anonymous story coming in from a lady named Uma about a crazy spiritual awakening and a crazy spiritual transformation and initiation into energy work um, in the form of Reiki and Angel Reiki. So if you're not familiar with those, we'll definitely get into those later. Um, however, Uma has decided to step forward with her real identity and her real identity is Tabitha Newbert. And she's coming on today to not only describe to us her direct experience with her spiritual awakening, but also get extremely vulnerable with us about how crazy you feel when you start becoming a channeler. So I always like to say everybody wakes up differently and everybody has different gifts and different abilities when they wake up, which is why the safe space is here to not only learn from, but observe from and go, wow, that's really out there. That's really possible. Um, and not demonize people for what they're going through, what you think they're going through, or any any belief or closed mind that you might restrict on a topic is what we speak today. Uh, I have found talking about a spiritual awakening to a person that has no context of what it is really demonizes the process and what comes afterwards. I am a true believer that we are all vessels for the divine and with the disclosure that's going on in the world in today's society uh it's obviously apparent that we are not alone and this isn't the first episode that we're going to have about channeling and what it feels like to have higher beings come through you whether in reiki sessions or writing channeled messages so my heart goes out to anybody on your awakening journey. This episode is definitely for you. And Tabitha, thank you so much for being here today and telling your vulnerable story because I know it's been a hell of a ride and is a hell of a ride still to this day. So how are you doing? How are you hanging on today? Hi, I'm doing well. I'm glad to hear it. So this story kicks off at 2020 at the craziest time of everybody's life. I was having a baby going through some crazy shit. I had already woken up, but I definitely got to come back into my grounded human sense to be able to bring my daughter into the world. I was not focused on anything in the spiritual realm. I was totally in root chakra energy and survival. And how am I going to raise this baby now that I have seen beyond the veil and I cannot close my eyes? But I'm really curious what happened to you in 2020 that just revolutionized your whole life and your perception of reality. So in March of 2020, obviously, the week after COVID really kicked off here in Kansas, our, my work shut down uh, around March 16th. And I had known for years that I was an empath, but I kind of just dealt with it. You know, I didn't think you could do anything about it. And then in 19, it got worse. I could feel everybody's anger and whatever. And then when 2020 hit, 
that second week of March, I could feel everybody's fear, everybody's anger, and my whole body just felt like it was vibrating. I was thankful work was shut down. I didn't sleep for almost 10 days for those first two weeks home, you know, home roughly around 10 days. I was awake constantly, itching all over, scratching. I joked that I had, please. I mean, I literally was scratching my head constantly over every place on my body. I just, I really thought I was losing my mind. It's kind of easy to go through, especially when you're having all of these crazy things going on. Did you, there are people I know that seek medical attention during an awakening process. There's a man that I talked to. He had a Kundalini awakening due to several ayahuasca retreats. And he went through the whole ringer of Western medicine just from A to Z to figure out what was going on with them. And the only thing that Western medicine could tell him was that he was overly stressed out. So then that's when he started reaching out to spiritual and holistic practitioners and doctors, I guess you could say, to get a clear sense of what Western medicine leaves out. So did you feel a pull to obviously dig deeper into the spiritual and empathic side of research? No, I have um, been chronically ill since 1999, roughly. I have three autoimmune diseases. I'd been through the ringer. I knew my body very well, what to expect. And on um, 2015, I switched to natural options and was able to go off over $500 worth of medicine a month by switching to essential oils and supplements. And so I know my body pretty well after having almost a new diagnosis every year for the last 20 years. That's honestly really inspiring, especially with autoimmune. I know if you're speaking in like a Louise Hay language, um, like from a heal your body, know your body and emotional code perspective, anything with autoimmune um, is basically in gut health that you can refer to. And it's the body fighting against you. So it's you fighting against yourself mm -hmm. in a crazy emotional format. So taking like the disease out of it for a minute and just thinking, okay, what am I, what am I not facing in myself? What am I not confronting in myself or what am I not accepting about myself is one of the big things. So do you think right. you're awakening that that was one of the things that yes, you understood that you were an empath when I, I feel the same way you did. Like I was like, what a fucking curse to have no proof that I'm like a garbage can for everybody else around me. Like, I'm just like, some vortex where all this shit can come and just sit in me and act out for people. Right. Um, but when did you kind of shift your perspective from it being feeling like a curse to empowering and learning how to protect and again, just start taking care of your energy bodies and your physical body at the same time? Well, First, it was my physical body and dealing with my shit. And starting in 2016 or 17, I read this book called You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. And it just made me realize things that, like, even if you don't necessarily believe in what the traditional people believe in God, you need to believe in something. And so then I started um, working, reading a lot of personal development books and just dealing with my baggage and my trauma that I had. So then when 2020 hit, that's when, like, I've got to find somebody to help me. i got to find a mentor. i got to find a teacher. Or I literally am going to lose my mind by the time we have to go back to work. I was thankful work was closed for two months so that I could get a handle on a lot of what I was going through. And I started with meditation twice a day, every single day. And then I took this class called Personal Intuition Development, which my mentor gave me 
a mantra to say every day, twice a day. And I did that for almost a year before I could be around my own family and not be sick for five days. So you're really just pull on, pull on everything in your vortex. Oh yeah. It was bad. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard and I've read similar stories. So again, I love that you're sharing all this with us. Keep telling us, um, like, maybe get into how you got into Reiki or felt like you wanted to start studying energy systems. Was it obviously wanting to, like, the energy's already going through me anyways. I might as well figure out how to control yeah, it that or, or transmute it. So, yes, when I started the personal intuition development class, that was my main goal. Learn about my own energy, learn how to control my own energy, learn how to keep other people's out of energy and set healthy boundaries. And so the thing that I never thought of that was kind of like mind-blowing to me is my teacher had told me, think about a mason jar, right? You put the big rocks in, the little rocks in, and then you pour sand in. Where does the sand go? And all those cracks. That's what your energy felt could do. I was like, oh, it was like an epiphany moment that made so much sense. So she always taught us if you feel yourself from the light from within to out, because everybody wants to talk about shielding. I'm like, if you shield too long, you know, you keep the the good out too. So I just would imagine my being filled with light and then it would grow and grow. And I did that every day, twice a day for a year. And so as part of the intuition development class, we got to take um, level one, two of angelic Reiki. It was a bonus for paying for the six month course. And so we got to, I did angelic Reiki in January of 21. I had no idea what Reiki even was. I just didn't even care. I just wanted to take this class to figure this out so I could stop feeling like shit. And so two weeks before we went to the class, we had to read these things called non-conforming affirmations. The first time I went to read these affirmations, I was sitting in my room. It was completely dark, like pitch black. You can't see your hand in front of your face. I live alone. I had my headphones in just listening to relaxing music, and I started reading these affirmations. And as soon as I was done, I put the paper down, and all of a sudden I seen this bright light, like the brightest light you can imagine. My, I remember, if my eyes are closed, it's pitch black. So I actually opened my eyes, like, thinking, what the heck happened? No, it was pitch black in my room still. I closed my eyes again, and all of a sudden I hear Tabitha. I'm just like, like looking around, like, I'm like, yes? And then I hear, are you ready? And, of course, internally, I'm thinking, ready for what? (laughs) I had no idea what was going on. So then I'm, like, thinking, I'm, like, who's talking to me? And they're, like, God. And then I was, like, oh, shit. And so then I'm, like, yes. And then all of a sudden I started seeing all these lights and all these symbols. And I'm, like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what just happened. So I read them a second time, and not too much happened. I just saw some more white light. But the third time I read them was, like, two nights before we were supposed to leave on a Friday to go to this class. And I kept saying, oh, Jesus is with you. Something big's going to happen. Something big's going to happen. I just kept hearing this over and over in my head. So as soon as we get to the facility on Friday, my body was just felt like it was vibrating, and I was sweating buckets. I'm one of those people who don't ever sweat, like never. And I was just sweating profusely. It was disgusting. I just kept having to wipe my hands. I hated it. And so... We did the first attunement, again, not knowing what an attunement was, not even knowing what Reiki was. And the entire time, I was just kept getting hotter and hotter. I thought I was literally going to pass out. I was swaying. I was sweated through all the way through my clothes. I was just like, what just happened? My teacher's like, everybody's helped us to have the experience they're meant to have. 
Oh my gosh. I, I'm you in this story as you're telling it to me. And I don't know what I would do. Cause yes, you're right. Attunements, they can go any which way, you know, especially if it's say mm-hmm. key, like that's the emotional <laughs> key. And you might like purge for two weeks after that stuff. So I am not familiar with any of the attunements on Angel Reiki or any of the curriculum. But after I heard your story, I was like, whoa, I don't know if I, (laughs) if my grounded life could take that type of attunement, especially like the sweaty palms and all the things that you saw that, that would honestly, in a way, like freak me out at this point. I hate to say it because it's supposed to be angelic, but still when you have no grounds for like what you're seeing and what you're doing. I mean, it could really, it could flip you just like a psychedelic trip that you felt like you went too far. I think that's probably the best comparison is you're like, Oh, yeah. took too much, you know, but yeah, I just have complete sober, faith in my teacher. Yeah, definitely. But when you're sober, it's completely different. I, I know like the taboo around energy work for a lot of people still. And I know that there's this big debate is, is God in it? Is God not in it? And I know everybody has their own relationship with God, but especially in angelic Reiki, when you're going to have an experience outside of what you're used to feeling. Oh my goodness. I would need integration time. I think that's what I'm getting from your stories. It's just like your channel just blew the hell open. And you're like, what is this? What is this? What is this? What's that symbol? What's this color? What's this feeling? What's going on with this? Yeah, there was no time because it was Friday night, all day Saturday, and all day Sunday. So the next day, as soon as I get out of bed, again, I hear something big's going to happen. Something big's going to happen. I'm just like thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen, right? So we get to class Saturday. And she's going to have us practice on people. There were eight people in our class. She had prepared us with people we didn't know. So that there was no knowing, you know, ahead of time of what. So she puts me with this lady and this lady wants to lay on the table and be the client first. And I'm going to be the practitioner first. So I put my hands on this lady and my, our teacher is reading the thing and just having us go through the motions, but she's reading it out loud. So I'm standing there with my hands on this lady for angelic Freaky, We put our, your left hand on their high heart and your right hand on their abdomen. I put my hands on this woman and my body temper just starts climbing and climbing and I'm like gagging and I'm like oh god my teacher's like remember you can ask them to dial it back if you get to control the energy so I'm like okay so I did that and all of a sudden I just feel all these lights and I feel the energy moving in this lady I'm like okay I don't know what just happened so when she's done she sets up and she's like I just saw butterflies everywhere so people that don't know I love butterflies and I have them tattooed all over my body which she didn't know because it was winter time but she said she saw butterflies everywhere when I worked on her. So we switched positions. As soon as this woman that I don't know puts her hands on me, I start seeing all these faces fly by like a slideshow. And I knew they were deceased. Like I saw a little boy that had blood all over him. I saw a lady laying underneath a truck outside of an ER. And they had to use a crane to get this off of her and all these things. So when we're done, the lady's like, oh, okay, did you see anything? I'm like, nope. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, nope. And then my teacher pipes in, if you saw something, you need to tell them. And I'm like, <laughs> so I tell this woman what I saw, and her mouth drops open. She's like, I used to be an ER nurse, and I know exactly the lady you're talking about under the truck. 
So do you believe that you are obviously picking up on residual energy that obviously that woman had picked up and somehow kept in her energy mm -hmm. field that whole time, unconscious, not knowing, right? You don't think about right. that when you work in an ER, that you're going to take the trauma of somebody's accident home with you. But now you're seeing a patient, an extremely traumatic patient that she worked on and you obviously sensed it in her energy field and saw mm -hmm. it in your third eye, which is yeah, creepy. Because with Reiki, you get healed as you're giving, as receiving, since you're channeling angels. You, you, you get both ways because you mesh all three energies into one. Mm -hmm. So anytime you give, you get. And so, yeah, she knew every client that I saw when I described their face. Did that that was my you, first experience. So did that make you, because I go... I go into anything with skepticism, not to like be a dick about it, but just as a protective amulet almost. I'm like, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. You know, why isn't this mainstream? Which it doesn't have to be mainstream to be true, right? But still, there's a level of skepticism when you're getting into anything in this field, especially energy work. So how could you not be a believer after that experience? Exactly. I was just like, what the hell just happened? What like, I just hell? did. I couldn't even like just I had no words. Like, I just sat there, like, I think, and listened to her. The teacher went on to the next section, and I just think I sit there. I'm just like, I didn't even know what to think. Like, I just couldn't even process that. Yeah. So, Again, I'd be like, I need integration time. Yeah. So we had another attunement that day, which was still kind of movement crazy, seeing the different angels, seeing lights, seeing pillars, all kinds of things. And then we switched and did practices on another. So the next lady that I'm with. While she's working on me, I keep feeling like she's trying to, like, shove me through the floor. You know, you're supposed to just put your hands lightly on them. It felt like she was pushing me with all her might. And I kept seeing Jesus walk around me in a circle. And I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, she's pushing on you because you're going to levitate if she doesn't. And I'm like, I just can't even with that, right? Yeah, I'm like, too and then, far, too far, take it back. Yeah, <laughs> right? And so I hear my teacher in the room. She's like, remember, everybody, we need to stay in the room. We need to, like, you know, right. I don't even know, I didn't even know what traveling and any of that was. So I'm just like, I don't know what she's talking about, right? And so when we were done, I asked the lady, I said, were you pushing on me as hard as she, you could? She's like, no. And I just kept my hands the same the whole time. Okay. She's like, I kept seeing a stupid butterfly flying around my head, though. A stupid butterfly. That's so funny. That's some beginner <laughs> shit that you would say. She's I've like, it kept just shit. flying. In, she's like, it kept flying in my way. Like, you know, I couldn't focus. And so then when I worked on her, she literally passed out and started snoring. Couldn't believe it. Well, That's I mean, how relaxed she was. Draining when you get into it first. I mean, you're learning how to channel with, for <laughs> lack of a better term, manipulate energies. Uh, transmute, I think, is the more positive mm -hmm. way of saying it. Um, yeah, it's just a lot. It's a lot mm -hmm. coming into it as a beginner, especially having no background of it. Putting your trust in a practitioner is a really big thing. Uh, yeah, I'm so then we so get to Sunday. wrecked <laughs> listening to this, picturing like I'm you. I'm like, I, I don't know how I could have accepted this. So then we get to Sunday. Again, as soon as I open my eyes Sunday morning, today's the day. And I'm like, oh, God, what is going to yeah, happen no. after the last two days? Like, yeah. what's going to happen? <laughs> and I get there. And we, I wasn't even in the room. And I'm just like, oh, like, just 
completely mm-hmm. uh, felt like I'd been plugged into an electrical socket. Mm-hmm. So we go through the rest of the day, and I got to the point where anytime we would do healings on each other, everybody in the class was staring at me, wanted to hear my story, because I was the one out of the eight people in the class that kept having the most profound experiences. So I stopped sharing because I felt odd, weird, because they were all like, when she'd say, who wants to share? They would all look at me. And I'm yeah, like, like, okay. What do you see? I, I, like, I get that too. I totally get that. So we get to the final attunement. This final attunement might have been the death of me. So we start. It was two and a half hours, almost three hours long. We started sitting in a meditative position. And anytime we did our attunements, we also had um, a piece of clear quartz point or tower that we held in our hand because mm-hmm. all the that way the symbols were implanted in the crystal and in us. That's great, but it's, quartz is a, it's an amplifier of everything. Yeah. Of everything. Let me tell you. So we're sitting there, we get ready, we're in our meditative position, and she starts talking. And every third or fourth move, I would move my arms, my legs, up in the air, down in the ground, land over, lean over. I'm like, I don't know how with gravity I didn't fall over sometimes because it literally felt like I was sitting like on the corner of my hip or like it was a workout. Every time she spoke, I almost moved. It, I had, again, I sweated through all of my clothes to like I left a wet spot on the floor like when we were done. That's how much I sweated during this last attunement. So during this attunement, I mean, I see Archangel Gabriel, and I see Archangel Sandoval, and I see flames, and I see pillars, and I see all these symbols. There's one part, she talks about the tunnel of light, and I see this tube of light, like, shooting up from my body. And then all of a sudden, it starts to talk about clearing and death, and I just start bawling uncontrollably. And I hate crying in front of anybody. Like, I don't cry in front of people. Like, that's my thing, to the point where I will hold it in no matter what. I just start bawling uncontrollably. And they're like, she's like, remember, you can stop if you're too, if it's too much. And I'm like, I just couldn't, like, she'd speak and I'd move. Like, I could not get a hold of myself. Like, so she brings me Kleenex and like, wipe off my face. And then all of a sudden, I was just, like, completely, like, limp. And then all of a sudden, I was in this dark space. And I had to feel like I had to curl my legs all up and be, like, as squeezed in as possible. And all of a sudden, I hear this pop. And then there was, like, this little white line in front of me what the hell's going on and this crack starts cracking further down in front of me and i hear you need to crawl out i'm like crawl out of what like through the crack and i'm like what the hell is going on right i'm trying to manage the brain between my human brain the energy like it was such a struggle so i decided to i put my hands out like i'm gonna open this crack and i pull open this like curtain and i pulled this down it felt like a shell and as soon as I put my hands back down beside me, I just felt like I had to literally, like, wipe myself off. Like, I was all sticky and gooey. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, my brain, my human brain's trying to make sense of this. And then all of a sudden, I start stretching. Like, I'm expanding. Like, moving my arms, moving my legs, everything I can and get as big as I can. And then all of a sudden, I see this butterfly in my third eye. And I hear you have been transformed. Mm, a metamorphosis. And then I couldn't have told you that. It took me 10 months to process that. Mm. I wasn't right for 10 days. Like, I literally, initially, I can see what happened now. I know it was rebirth. But then I felt like I had been violated. It was, I was not right for 10 days. I, I felt awful. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was not a good experience at first. But if I wouldn't have had that experience there's no way I would be where I'm at today. I'd still be hiding in my closet. 
Well, again, I mean, I still, I compare a lot of energy work to people that I've talked about psychedelic experiences, whether you're like, oh, I've taken too much or I saw this and I can't unsee this. But because I went through this crazy expansive experience, now this happened. And you could say that just in like normal life too, like experiencing a death, experiencing a job loss, experiencing losing your house, any, anything that's going to break you fucking open, right? It's going to transform you. And at the time, it's going to feel awful. You're going to be like, the fuck did I do? You might even blame yourself because you're like, I put myself in this situation. I decided (laughs) to take this class. What the hell was I thinking? And then later on, like I'm a retrospect type person. If I'm walking through the fire, I don't have a language for the fire. I'm trying to figure out a way out of it. This does not feel good, but this is for me in some capacity. So let's just get through it. And then you have integration time. You know, if you have a support system, if you have a therapist, if you have someone you can reach out to and talk to, fucking splendid. And then when you get to retrospect, which is the my favorite part for me, you're going back through and you you honestly start seeing what those experiences did for you again in psychedelic, normal life or spiritual work. And you're like, oh, I'm actually really grateful for that experience. Obviously, like as a listener who's never been to any sort of class, this really is not an advertisement for Angel Reiki, you know, because they're like, fuck, I don't want that to happen to me. And I don't blame you. But there is such a beautiful silver lining to your story that I love. I love that the butterflies are following you everywhere and that you had this amazing transformational, again, like cocoon like metamorphosis into what you are supposed to be and this pathway that continuously unfolds. And in your story, the stuff that we're going to continue to reveal of what you're going through and have been going through Mm -hmm. and see in your not only channelings, but your healing sessions, you have to have radical faith in God and in the divine. And I say that because just going back and reading biblical texts, I try to apply biblical texts to people actually reenacting it in today's society and like Jim Carrey and... Oh, the other actor, I hate like Evan Almighty. I can't remember who plays him, but like Bruce Almighty and Evan Almighty are really, really good observations of what it would be like if God came to one of us today and was like, I need to build, I need you to like build an ark. There's going to be a flood. Right. Or like, hey, do you want to be God for a day? Like if that actually happened in modern times, like wouldn't we believe it was just a frontal lobe mm-hmm. enlargement or a Messiah <laughs> complex? So but, when you're like, sh- how did these people actually go through this? Not saying that like anybody that's a healer is like in a messiah in any format. I just believe it's kind of like helpers, you know, like angels help God. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same thing on the on the human format. I think you have a have to have a high level of integrity and you have to have a devotion to keeping your temple clear, honestly, Mm -hmm. Um, which is the scariest part about learning energy work from people or doing energy work or being an energy practitioner yourself you really have to audit your shit constantly. And when you're not good, shut it down and work on yourself, right? Don't keep mm-hmm. pushing through and going, oh, my guides will do it for me. It's totally fine. I can treat my body like shit and my guides will do it for mm-hmm. me. No. You know, when, and again, I've, I've seen it. I've experienced it. I've watched it. Uh, and I think it needs to be talked about instead of people focusing on the love and light. But that's also why I think your story is extremely important. And I struggled in the beginning because I was very much, I went to church every Sunday. I helped my youth group. I, it, up until this happened, I went out, you know, I still had gone to church all the time. And so 
I got lucky with my teacher, the mentor I had. Her dad was a pastor, and she was shunned by her family for years. And, you know, she said to me, if God gave you this gift, then why weren't you supposed to use it? That's kind of the thing that I came around to. When I first woke up, I really loved comparing notes with other people that believed they, too, had a spiritual awakening. And whether they said it was like the Holy Spirit came in me, Jesus take my sins away, however it really happened, I was totally interested in any way that they had that literally like paradigm shift in their perception and was able to have that eagle eye view. And it wasn't because I had a spiritual awakening that... Claire's senses activated and that's when it happened. It was me realizing that these things had activated over and over and over from when I was a very small child. And due to the religion that we were in, due to the conditioning, due to obviously having no fucking clue that that could actually happen. Like I really thought it was my imagination for the longest time, but like how many coincidences, how many cemeteries, haunted houses, past loved ones, how many things do you have to see and remember before when you actually do wake up, if you, you know, do Mm -hmm. like, you have to put those dots together and go, how far back does this go? Because my awakening wasn't the first time that I saw beyond the veil. And that's something that it took me and is still taking me a couple years to realize like, okay, I didn't want to tell people about this. Cause when I told people about it, they were like, yeah, according to the Bible, that's demonic. One thing that really freaking helped me though, realize it really was in my family, whether it was discussed or talked about, I used to go home and I would confide in my mom about all of this shit. Cause I was like, you're never going to guess what's happening to me. This is the craziest thing in the world. And I can't even believe I'm saying it, but because this radical shift happened in me, this is going on now too. And it was a saving grace in my opinion. I honestly think that you know, I would have like attempted suicide again, had this not happened in a weird, crazy way. Like mm-hmm. ideation happened in my, uh, a sleep life and waking life. But I sat there and I was like, I don't have ideation anymore. Like I understand why I'm supposed to be here. And, you know, it's going to be a little tough with the things that I'm going to go through. I'm like, and if the ideation comes, like, I know, I know why it's there. I know like, it's kind of like trying to put me back on course. And then she finally told me, Cause my whole family on her, her side of the family is Catholic for like generations. Like my grandma was a Catholic nun. Well, she was. And then she met my grandpa and she left the church before she took her vows. It's that beautiful story. Like, thank you, grandma. I'm here now. Right. (laughs) Um, but she told me about my grandma, Ruth, that she used to hear and see things in her. They didn't call it third eye, but she would see it in her mind, she would pray, she would grab a rosary and she went to church and she told the preacher, Hey, I'm hearing, I'm hearing things. I'm seeing things. And they at the time told her that it was a demon trying to possess her. And you, here's your holy water. We're going to shut this down for you, so to speak. And I was like, I can't believe that's demonic possession because the first person that came to me was my grandma letting me know about the afterlife. And the next entity that came to me was Jesus Christ in my bedroom. So you're telling me that these two holy figures are demons coming to let me know that heaven exists, that there is an afterlife. And whether it's heaven you prefer, I think it's the highest frequency we all come from, unconditional love, angelic realm, yada, yada, yada. But I'm like, this isn't 
resonating with my body anywhere I go with this. And I had to step away and hide these parts of myself from loved ones because it's not in their belief system or their framework. It's not in their book. In their book, it will tell you to stay away from all of the things that I'm having direct experience with. Now I say this because I know I'm not the only one that's experienced that. And I know I'm not the only one that has had the false label of a new age follower be put on me. And I am not a follower of the new age. I started going back probably like you did and trying to get the oldest text possible that I could to see how far the edits actually went back. And again, help me come to terms with this God-given gift that I had had since I was a kid, I had denied. And because of denying a part of myself, I really was starting to turn into possibly getting sick or chronically ill down the road. So I know there was, um, not that long ago, you also did like a 30-day intense yoga retreat. So coming, not to skip too far ahead, but Coming out of angelic Reiki and all of the metamorphosis that you had done then, you went into this extremely rigorous program where you were, were like, oh, I got to make it through. Oh, my gosh. But how did the, uh, how do I say it? Almost the connection between the new you that you came into being, embodying, and then adding now this new practice like how did that really help clear out your temple and your site for when you came back well there's more that happened with the other layers of reiki i went to professional level so each class i had crazy at least one crazy profound instance Mm -hmm. during the class and after the class um i don't know if you want me to touch on those things or not yes let it rip (laughs) so level two and reiki is actually level three and four combined and so this time, we were there. This is kind of where you kind of start getting into learning the training to be do it professionally because then there's professional level. So my second three-day weekend of Angelic Reiki, I saw Dewal Cool. So Dewal Cool is um, known also as a Tibetan. He was channeled by Ellis Bailey. She, ta- she channeled all of his teachings into eight books. I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know who this odd-looking man was that I kept seeing the whole weekend. So we did this part where she went through the attunement, and when in Angelic Reiki, when they say the phrase to go into the attunement, they talk about the five hidden languages and the two that are unknown. And they go through and they list the five hidden languages, I mean the, the known languages, and they say the two unknown. And when she said the two unknown, I was given one of those two unknown languages, never been known. The name of it. So... And also I kept hearing all weekend, you're a leader, you're a leader, you're a leader. I'm like, I'm not a leader. I get home that Sunday night, wake up that Monday morning, mind you, just woke up out of bed. I open my eyes and I start seeing all these symbols. I'm like, what is going on? Because the whole ride home with my two friends, they kept saying I'm a leader. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Like total resistance. So I ask, I'm like, why are you showing me these symbols? They said, these symbols are in the order of Lord Melchizedek. You will need these symbols in the future to lead a spiritual revolution. I'm like, fine, I'll be a leader. I just gave in. Third class. Three months later. This weekend, again, is to teach us how to do it professionally. This weekend, as soon as I get there, Gandhi comes to me. 
So Gandhi's with me all weekend telling me how I'm going to just be able to spread peace and love and in the world. That's kind of my leadership going to be. Again, I was given the name of one of those unknown languages. It was the one that I had heard previously. So after that, I saw Gandhi for weeks, for weeks. And then I went through a light activation about six months after that. And now every time I work on anybody, I see Jesus, Gandhi, and Dewakul in a triangle in front of me to this day. And so the reason I decided to go to Shivananda Yoga Retreat Ashram in the Bahamas, well, I wasn't going there for a yoga teacher like more. There was 11 people in my class, and they all went there to become a yoga teacher. I went there just because I thought maybe being away from everything, um, having a clean diet, doing yoga every day, that it maybe helped enhance my spiritual gifts or give me new insight. Of course, we weren't allowed to do any work while we were there. We could do no energy work on other people there. It was a strictly vegetarian diet. It, we were awake every day at 5.30 a.m., didn't go to bed till 10.30 p.m., six days a week, doing yoga twice a day in classes. So during classes, sometimes when we'd get into the main temple, well, before we got there, when we did our tour, they said that where the main temple was, that the founder of the ashram was a Mayan temple under the main temple. So he built the main temple on this rock that was already there. I went and stood in the center of this room right next to the temple. And all of a sudden, I thought my heart was going to fly out of my chest. It was like, I'm like, okay, I'll step back. Every time I tried to step on that part, that spot, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. This is where we had our lecture class every day. It was in this temple. And some days when I would close my eyes, I would see. They had the five statues, the two founders, and then Shiva and um, a couple of the other gods behind them. I would actually see their human form standing behind our teacher when I would close my eyes without even trying. There was times when I would just lay down when we were doing yoga. I saw one day a pit, and then I just saw crystals falling, like Lemurian crystals just falling everywhere. Um, Our teacher was killed while we were there. Um, And he, uh, so within 24 hours, they had created this, what the tradition, what they do in Hindu, is where you have a ceremony to help them cross over since it was violent. It wasn't expected. Wait a minute. And I don't remember hearing this part of the story. Your teacher died during, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's heavy. There was a lot of things that happened while we were there, but (laughs) that was probably the worst. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So it was his first day going out swimming. That's what he did to love because he had COVID the week before. So we hadn't seen him for a week because he was quarantined. Yeah. And so it was his first day. He loved to go out and swim for like 20 minutes. That was his peace time. Like he always told us from class day one, even if it's 10 minutes, go put yourself in that ocean every day. Take that time for yourself. I mean, he preached that to us every day. And so it was his first day back out in the water and he was out swimming laps and some young kid on a jet ski kept flying in and a lot of the staff were up there like, hey, stop, you know you're not supposed to come to the shore. Well, he got mad and decided to zoom in and he ran right over Pranava and split his head open and crushed his skull. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was horrible. So that night, they finally told us at like 10 p.m. It happened about 5.30 and we went all and sat in the main temple and we chanted for like 30 minutes and then like I said within 24 hours they set up the ceremony set up this stage and the priest would say um speak Vishnu's name 10,000 times while we all did this ceremony giving offerings um offerings there were typically fruit 
And so we were sitting there waiting for our turn to go because was the ashram was full. And I was sitting in the chair and I closed my eyes and all of a sudden I see uh, like a temple, like what you would picture in a Hindu temple. I saw our priest standing there and I saw Pranava standing in a dark corner, my teacher. And I was like, okay, open my eyes because I had to get up. Well, then towards the very end of the ceremony, after the 10,000 names were almost done, I closed my eyes again. And I saw Pranava laying on a slab with a blanket up to his thing. And the peace was over there. And I knew he was at peace. So I believed in that ceremony. I had no idea. It was amazing the different ceremonies we got to see in the different traditions. Mm -hmm. But the visions happened just randomly the entire time I was there without trying when I closed my eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's still so heartbreaking. I had no idea that happened to you when you were there. And I know the connection you have with, I mean, especially like a, a spiritual devout teacher, like you were able to sit in front of, that's like a next level high frequency connection. Um, I don't think that there's words to put to it, but I know the connection that I had with my local yoga teacher that I had before my spiritual awakening. Like I woke up gradually in her class almost like I was really coming home to myself and what I would say like coming home to God in a very long pathway a long misunderstood pathway and when she died it just like took my feet out from under me because I was just like that's impossible to me that she's gone and the way that she was taken was just yeah well and it was crazy because as soon as she walked onto this grounds, you, I knew I was home. Like I started crying. I felt like I was home and the energy was always high every day. And when that happened, it was like getting hit with a ton of bricks. How within just minutes, the place changed and it took probably 48 hours for it to come back up. But yeah, it was, yeah, he'd been with the organization for over 25 years. Wow. And how many he'd been teaching for, 20 some years the people he affected you know mentored and taught well yeah just all the love that he was able to put out into the collective that's what i see the most and that's probably the most heart-wrenching thing is you know when somebody dies and they've done such amazing work and lived such a full life even when they left at a young age mm -hmm. it's it's just so hard to see that lantern go out and but wonder he was doing something he loved, though. That's what everybody, you know, all the teachers that have worked with him all these years, our three um, swamis, which are considered monks there, they said at least he went out with doing, because seven months prior to us coming there, he had just been diagnosed with Parkinson's, and so he was shaking. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't going to be able to teach much longer, probably. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, it was probably the best way he could have gone, even though. And that's what I thought, too, when you had told me that he was in the ocean when he passed, and that was, like, his happy place. Yeah. Um obviously again a silver lining on a completely tragic situation but thank you for sharing that with us that's really hard like my heart's sinking and I never met him so I could see it on your face when you were like yeah that happened so obviously yeah. the vibes came back up and you guys were able to continue through this process um yeah. I'm sure that he was there in spirit pushing everybody on it was funny, the last day of class, we all got with our our assistant teacher. She became our, the rest, taught us the rest of the time. So we all took a picture together. And in the photo, there's a little green dot on her shoulder, a green orb. Mm. That's so sweet. That's still, ooh, that's still hard to imagine going there and 
making those connections, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the funny thing about new connections. You're like, I just met you. You can't go anywhere. Yeah. You know, and then like it happens in front of you. You're like, ah, mortality. Mm-hmm. Ain't a, ain't that a bitch? Yeah. Yeah. So continue on the story, please. Tell me, tell me what's happening. You don't get to do energy work on people, but I can completely understand um, so visions happening, especially in meditation or closing. So that's kind of it with what happened there. I just felt kind of refreshed and new. I felt like, you know, people kept saying, what do you miss from home? And I'm like, nothing. If they could tell me I could stay here tomorrow, I would. Mm-hmm. Like, I would not, I would have never came home. I wouldn't. And you can actually live there completely free if you help work a few hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but before actually that, I want to just mention one more thing. So even after the angelic Ricky, I'm like, I'm not doing this out in public. No one can know. No one can know. I'm like, I still dug my feet in. I just wanted this for myself. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And of course, you know how spirit is. Stuff keeps happening. And I'm finally one day I said, fine, if you want me to have, because I kept getting that I needed to have my own modality. Not this. Not Reiki. I needed to create something that's that was for me, for to heal people. So one day during meditation, they showed me taking my hands and running them over people's body, and I would get electrical impulses wherever I needed to stop and clear energy. So that was in November of 21. And I I stood on one friend or two friends, and then, like, you know what? I said, fine, I give in. And then March of 2022, I went and did an event. I said, I'm just going to do it. I didn't know who's going to be there. I'm like, if you want me to do this, you better show up. And of course, so I'm nervous as can be. I ended up doing 18 healing sessions in two days. And I was like the new kid on the block. And everybody's like, go in there, go in there. And so. That always feels good. That's how so I, then I finally my first reading events. I'm like, shit. Right. Yes, 100% <laughs> cry rate in this room, but it's mm-hmm. okay. So that's when I'm like, okay, fine. I'll do this publicly. And then there, I just started doing fairs everywhere. <laughs> But these last six months. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Before we <laughs> we hit the next speed on the roller coaster, I would like to tell you that when we worked that fair together, we were roommates in separate rooms. Um, I was really, really excited to get some work done by you because I knew your training. I knew you were in line with the divine. And I just obviously feel comfortable with people that, I feel really comfortable with you as a practitioner. I think like you're safe. That's probably the best way I could say it. So I'm sitting on the table and I didn't tell you about any of my injuries. I didn't tell you uh, about nothing. I was just like, Hey, you got time for me? And you're like, sit on the table. So like I laid on the table, I gave, you know, consent to the team, Jesus, God that I talk with. And I was like, I know Tabitha is good for me. So Like, let's do this. Let's rock this. And again, no matter how much I love you, no matter how safe I am with you, I always have a level of skepticism when I do these things, no matter what. You can't help it, right? So I'm just like, just give me a confirmation at the end of it that what was supposed to be received is received and what isn't for me goes away, right? Because doesn't mean everything you're going to receive is for you at the time. It could come out later. So you did like your thing and like I sat back and I remember like you feeling your hands over the top of my head 
And right when you put your hands over the top of my head, I felt this whoosh of energy, just everything unlocked and opened up. And I'm familiar with what energy work feels like. I'm familiar with two Kundalini awakenings at this point, not brought on by myself. So knowing like what is unlocking in my body and being very in tune because of my yoga practice as well. Again, I was safe, but I remember when my third eye opened up, there was this spirit guy that came up and was just kind of like talking to me in a very like sarcastic mean, like, hey, hey, we've been trying to talk to you. We're like, get your shit together almost. Like, you know, you know, and it, it wasn't like being mean. It was like, quit playing small, quit acting like a beginner. But they were, it's not like they were being forceful because I don't want to say it's like bad energy, but like, I kind of like some shit talking to me sometimes. Okay. Like, mm -hmm. come on, should I get your shit together? But I didn't want to be talked to like that right then because I still had readings to do for the next couple hours. So I literally swiped. I was like, yeah, thank you so much. And I swiped it until I got a guide that would talk nice to me. And I went through like all these avatars in my mind almost. And I was like, yep, someone that's nice. Yep, someone's going to talk nice to me. Okay, cool. Yep, you you can be the translator for the team today. So then like everything washes through me. By the end of it, I can feel like strings cut underneath my body, which is usually like when I can tell things have been done. Um, and then I get up and you give your feedback and we have like our little questionnaire and you're like, yeah, you had, you know, an issue right here in this knee, which is where I have scar tissue from tearing my meniscus a couple years ago. And you, um, pulled some, you didn't pull specific, you didn't say specifically what you pulled out, but what you pulled on and redirected me back to was the same spot right next to my ovary that I had spoken to two other very close friend practitioners. And one of them was like, basically like, when are you going to pull the, when are you going to pull the arrow out of your fucking womb? You know, like you don't need anybody to do it. Nobody's going to do it for you. We're just redirecting you back to the energy. But those were the two points that I was like, if she's doing, if like I'm supposed to work with her and I'm supposed to accept what she's saying, She's going to tell me about my knee and she's going to highlight not the arrow specifically, but the area. She's going to give me her interpretation of the area and you being this shit, just like, and I'm just staring at you. And I was like, I know you're the real deal. I would never doubt what you're doing, but damn, it feels so good. It feels so good to be so right in this moment and have this happen. You know, and in turn, I did give you um, a reading cause you know, trading services at that right. time, but yeah, you are absolutely magical. So thank you. Yes. But it was interesting how from like March of 22 when I started to like January of this year, I mostly could see where pe people's chakras were blocked and why, and I could clear them and figure out why they were blocked. I often would get past life, like either one they actually live, but more than that, I don't even get that very often. I actually saw past life energy uh, injuries that were still hanging out in their energy fields. I have removed extra legs. I have built new heads. I have built new legs. Literally, my hands start shaping like new energetic pieces of these people. I mean, I've seen gashes in people, and I get the whole story when I heal these. Mm -hmm. And then I also get medical conditions sometimes yeah, like where I can pick. Super fast downloads, right? Like you get third eye and clairaudience like super quick, uh, and it's just like downloaded. 
Yeah, mostly Claire audience and Claire cognizance. Every once in a while, they'll show me a small image, but usually they're just like, oops, stop here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of how it's been until I started shifting this last year even more. It's just been crazy. Channeling powers. So, yeah, uh, in April, I decided to do a cute HHT session. Oh, yes. Because a mutual friend, healer friend needed another client. (laughs) Again, you're just sometimes just so shocked at what the hell happens to you. (laughs) Absolutely. So we're in the middle of this session, and I, you know, they speak to your subconscious. I'm completely out, right? Laid on the couch. Halfway through the section, she said, asked something about, like, what's the message you have for the world or something? And all of a sudden, I start spitting out this entire dialogue. Like, I, I knew I was channeling then. At the time, I had no idea for sure that I'd been channeling. It was clear as day that I was channeling God. I talked about how all the healers are supposed to work together, stop having competition, that if we don't keep trying to spread peace, love, and community, that the world is going to be worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, humans can't even fathom the depravity that's going to happen if we don't get our shit together. And it was, like, forceful, angry, like, you people need to stop. Like, it was insane. Yeah, like, figure the fuck out, please. Yeah. Yeah. That happened then, which I had never really channeled openly like that before. And the other thing that's happened to me, both of these things have happened to me again since that day, just normally, uh, is I saw myself living in a cave. I saw a cave and I could tell that I was in there. And I knew I wasn't human. I'm like, what are you showing me? And it showed that I was an angel, but that on another timeline currently, I'm living on two timelines I'm living in a cave to protect the pyramids over in Egypt because someone's going to destroy, try to destroy them. Yeah, I can see that. People getting too close to the truth, so why don't we just destroy it for future generations? Oh, yeah. Us and future generations. I mean, uh, I tread lightly on this, but I'm just also going to speak directly. Uh the pyramids, what they were built for, are not what we were taught when we were kids, correct? 100%. Correct. And even modern day science has proved that. However, with the alignment of the stars, the alignment of tectonic plates, the alignment of the sand, and the deterioration of the pyramids at this time, we as humans on this earth would not be able to rebuild them to use them for what they were originally built for in the first place. However, If you want to disconnect a race from their source, you should make sure that you literally decimate any tool that could have helped them stay energetically connected to that source, which would be any of the pyramids, not only the one in Egypt, but placed all over the freaking world. So that does make sense to me. But again, pretty far out there for some, some normies. And so I think I've been doing this kind of work for a long time because I haven't had a normal dream, but maybe once a month for the last 17 years. And so I asked why, and it says because I'm doing work on other planets. I believe in astral travel, too. I just had a super trippy dream a couple nights ago where I swear I was in a parallel universe or another dimension. And it would make sense. Our souls don't need to sleep. It's our human bodies Mm -hmm. that need to sleep. But I always thought there was something wrong with me because it was like, you don't dream? And I'm like, no. Like I just you wake up yeah. tired? Are you like oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. can I get a can I get, you know, a vacation? 
<laughs> so yeah, that was in April, <laughs> at the beginning of April. And during that session, I also got that I needed to let people work on me for healings that I'd never let work on me before. And as a healer, you know as well as I do how much we love that idea of letting other healers work on us just randomly, especially ones we don't know. No, it fucking terrifies me, and I close up on the table, and and I literally call Jesus. Jesus, listen, I'm not trying to be egotistical, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I've been working on my energy centers for a couple years now, and I don't know what this person has on them, how they protect themselves, what they're doing. I don't freaking know. I can't go in eyes wide open and with trusting, oh, Lummy gets a black tourmaline and I'll be fine. No, you got me fucked up. I'm calling to Jesus. And if he's good with you, (laughs) you can go through him. And that is where I stand on let's all work on each other, even though we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Well, I was standing at a fair and I felt like someone whacked me upside the head. And I hear this is your person. And I'm like, I didn't care for this person's personality too much. Happens. Just very loud and just not my <laughs> cup of tea. So, like, this is your person, and I'm like... So, it's a person and a test and, like, one healer. It's, like, yeah. an ego test, right? Because you're, like, what are you mirroring to me? It's not just mm-hmm. about the other person. It's, like, what are you mirroring to me that maybe I'm not seeing in myself? And then I have to open myself up to this person that I'm not immediately connected with. Yep, so we scheduled a private session because I wasn't going to do it at a fair because I didn't know what the heck was going to happen with everything that's been going on. So I don't blame you. So she connects to me, and she starts working on me, and then she's like, oh, she's been doing this mind 16 years. Like, her process is very well defined, you know? She knows what she's doing. She does it the same with pretty much each person. And all of a sudden, she's like, really? You want me to do that now? That's usually at the end. Like, she's having, she's very verbal, so... She's like, well, they're telling me to do this, and I've never done this ever this early than this person. And so then she was going to tell me what she would do, and I would know what she was going to do before she would tell me, which is not something that I usually have happen. I said, and she's like, oh, I'm like, okay, I know what you're going to do. It's fine. Well, then while she was working on me, I was starting to be able to read, read her. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And so all of a sudden she starts blurting out how she's been seeing these blue people lately and she doesn't know who they are and I just blurted out oh they're actuarians she's like what like I could answer her questions and I would see different guides and then all of a sudden we go back we're going through this and she's like working like on my abdomen kind of like where your gallbladder pancreas liver would be and she's like keeps going keeps going keeps going keeps going and she's like yep nope I'm done guides you take over and I don't know what they dug out on me. She couldn't figure out. She's never, like, she thought she was going to have to, like, literally get on the table and, like, go to town. She just couldn't. It freaked her out. Again, she'd been doing this for 16 years. She's like, nope, you guys take over. I don't want any part of this, right? Yeah. And she didn't know what she cleared. They never told her. That comes two months later. But, so then she gets to working um, on my crown chakras, and it was just, it was insane, right? I could feel when she was done, she uses tuning forks and she taps each of your toes. I could literally feel the energy shoot up where there was no blocks. First, when she did it, I could feel the block, like where it stopped. And then when she'd do it, I could actually feel it when it was open. It was insane. I had never felt energy like that. So come to find out two months later, 
I see her at another fair. No, that was April, July, three months later. I see her at another fair, and I said, I think whatever this is on the side here, I think it's back. She's like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. She's like, there's someone else here I want you to work with. And I'm like, no. She's like, yes. No. So she told me, she's like, she likes to work with different things. I think you have it. The world looks at me. She's like, oh, you have an implant. Uh, I'm like, no. So then I went back to my booth and literally pouted and sat on my table for like 30 minutes through a fit like a toddler. Why do I have to? I'm sitting there and they tell me, the reason you're doing this is because you are going to teach these seasoned people new tricks because they need to learn to shift. So I'm like going to be their fucking human guinea pig. Sorry. But I'm just like. That's how I feel. Since I've woken up though, I'm glad that you say that because you really do feel like a guinea pig. Again, you have to have radical faith in going into the unknown, you know, and just being like, it's footprints in the sand for me. This whole fucking journey for me has been that poem. So I said, fine, I go over to this woman that I didn't know from Adam. And I said, okay, let's do this if we're going to do it, you know, with an attitude. (laughs) So I sit in her chair and she scans me. She said, yeah, you have three implants here. You also have something here. And I'm like, okay, do whatever you do, right? I just sit there with my eyes closed. And all of a sudden she's like, she's like, okay, those are gone. And again, before she starts working on me, I know what she's going to do. And then she tells me and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. So all of a sudden she's digging in my midsection and she's like, oh God, she's like, there's something in here I've never seen before. She's like, I'd have to energetically remove your ribs. I'm like, okay. She's like, oh my God, there's a sphere in here and it's like covered in slime. And she's like, I've never seen this before. She's like, and I take implants out of people all the time. That's kind of like my specialty. I'm like, I don't care. Take it out. Whatever. Take it out. So we're good. And then she's like, nope, it won't come out. She's like, I'm going to have to remove your spine to get this out. So, okay, so I go stand on this against the wall, put my hands on the wall, and when she goes, she literally puts her hands up, like, at the top and the bottom, her fingers, and she goes to remove her spine. I feel it. I literally felt like my spine was being taken off my body, and then I feel this weight, like, lifted out of my body, and I'm like, for the love of God, and then she put my spine back, and I felt like I grew two inches. I'm like, I don't know what the hell just happened. She's like, okay, sit down. Now we got to clear your upper three chakras. The top, you know, the, the soul star in the stellar, the ones above your head. <laughs> I go sit in this chair, close my eyes, and as soon as she goes to open the first one that's 12 inch, your soul star, above your crown, I literally felt like someone hit the hammer and went, bam, and I shoot clear out of the universe. Literally. And I'm sitting there, and she's like, Tabitha, Tabitha. Tabitha, and I, I can hear her, but I cannot respond to her. I keep trying. Nothing. And all of a sudden, she goes, where are you? I said, closer to God than I ever was. And I started channeling God again. I again told her about Sodom and Gomorrah and everybody being having to be like. I could tell her that she was going to be having another activation soon, and she was going to be working with Anubis. And I just went on, and she was started questioning me about the channel, and God would answer her back through me. And I'm sitting here. I had no idea what's going on. I just know my mouth was moving faster than it could possibly move. And it was just giving her a 20-minute dialogue. And then all of a sudden it stops. Yeah. So I was not fully present back in my body. That was at 12 o'clock. We were done at 1245 until 1030 that night. 
and I felt weird for three days. Off. Uh, how could you not? I felt weird for three days. Yeah, it sounds like you did DMT sober. I know. People have asked me to, like, you want to try, you know, mushrooms? You want to trust? I'm like, no. I see enough without any of that. Who knows what I would see? Absolutely not. People keep asking me. I'm like, absolutely not. I'm good. I see plenty. (laughs) It still is my goal to shoot an ayahuasca and a DMT documentary, like, years apart. But that's just... No. That's for my, my my bag of traumas that just need to be ripped out of me from a shaman. I'm good. So, we all have that was in path. July. So you're going so through get... upgrade after upgrade after upgrade after upgrade. Oh, yeah. Yep. So then September comes around. No, I take that back. End of July, I do an event. This guy lays on my table, and I, it's like, well, when he walked up, I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be a doozy. Because usually I can tell right away if they're going to be a hard clearing. So I get done. I, he lays down, and I do some clearing. I'm like, well, that was nothing. All of a sudden, they're like, look up. I look up about 12 inches off this guy's body, and there's a portal. And I'm like, yeah, nope, disconnect that. Close that up. You need to go. Bye-bye. So, yeah, I didn't know it was possible for a human to be walking around with a portal, letting all kinds of beings into the world. It was gross. And then we get to September. <laughs> now, I believed in aliens, but I have no desire to work with them. Whatever, I know they're here, just not my thing. I mean, I watch Ancient Aliens, but that's just because I love all the science. You and me both. So this girl gets on my table, and I could tell, like, all weekend long, I could not look at her. Like, I've been with her Friday, Saturday, we were at this event, and I just could not look at her. I'm just like, bleh, you know? Her energy was heavy and dense, and I'm just like, yeah, no. So she decides she wants work on Sunday. She's on my table. And her energy, when as soon as I connect to her, just feels like sludge. Heavy sludge. And all of a sudden, they're like, look up. And I'm like, oh gosh. What now? And I look up maybe like four inches into her energy field. And there's this creature that looks like an alien. Squatting down in her energy field. With a bowl underneath of its body. And I'm like... What the hell? And it looks up at me with these sharp razor teeth, and I'm like, oh, no, you got to go. So I kick this thing out of her energy field, realizing that it's basically has this bowl that's halfway full of eggs and that he's sucking all the life out of this girl. And so when I get up, I said, are you depressed? Yeah. I said, do you let everybody walk over you? Yeah. I said, do you not want to live anymore? She's like, yeah. I said, well, this is why. She had no idea. But there was this creature living in her thing. And then I see this other guy. So I see ET energy different than alien energy. A lot of people think they're the same. For me, they're not. I work on people all the time that are ET-like energy. They're usually, like, floating out through their third crown. They're very large. But, like, no, you have to stay on Earth, you know, stay in the body type of thing. Mm -hmm. I've only ever actually had to worked on two alien people. That is what they tell me that they are. One of them was last year, was a a 10-year-old boy, and it took me forever to connect with him, and he would only show me from his knee down, and his legs looked like intertwined twigs. So the same weekend with this girl, this guy gets on the table. He very much is 
uh, knows he travels, does ghost hunting, does all the things, right? Very aware of the energy. So I get on the table. <laughs> I always, so when I connect to someone, I always say, so-and-so their names, higher self, please show me how I can help this person the most to fulfill their purpose on earth, is what I say. Always. And this person's higher self just kind of looks at me, stubs his nose at me, and like, please, and turns away. And I'm like, excuse me, you got on my table. I'm going to, you're going to let me in. I'm going to work on this person. And I kept saying it. And finally, I usually only ask three times. And after three times, I'm like, I'm not working with this person. So this being lets me in, even though he keeps telling me it's his higher self, which I'm sure that it wasn't. Again, only lets me see the lower part of this person's legs, which are, again, those wooden twigs. And I see these lines that look like parentheses around his head. There was one on the right and two on the left. And I'm like, what is this? He can actually travel to three different dimensions. So now I'm seeing people's dimensions in them, energy. Well, that's definitely interesting because I'm a dimensional believer. Not me. I've been trying to find a book right for the last couple of weeks now on dimensions. Mm. Oh, I'm totally <laughs> a believer. But I learned I learned in it from like quantum physics and quantum mechanics. Like I found a grounded perspective just from like universal energy, electromagnetic fields, densities and dimensions. And then I connected that with somewhat of like a spiritual aspect. But there's a show on Gaia called like channeling Tigetans or something like that and it's transmissions and they ask them questions about karma and densities and why are you talking to us why are you trying to help us and they bring up things from the past that have happened and why they had to happen it even correlates with the volunteers from Dolores Cannon's channeled work and they do a wonderful explanation on densities and dimensions and explaining why we have linear time on earth, why we are locked in a density and why some people have said like earth is a prison, but it's not a prison for the earthling entities on there. It's imprisoning other lower vibrational beings that are pulling the density of earth down by manipulating humans. So, I honestly recommend that show. I'll have to link it below for anybody that wants to watch it. But for you, um, listening to those channels made a lot of the other stuff in science make sense for me as well. And I was not a not, I wasn't really a believer in being able to communicate with beings like that at the time because I really wasn't open to it. I still thought it was extremely sci-fi at the time. And now understanding collective consciousness, the all, everything being created from the one true creator, the one true source, it would make sense in the levels of energy. And like Earth is down here, we're considered a third planet. If you were to um, speak in the Theoba prophecy book that I'm also going to send you, and then you go up to like the ninth planet, but then you can even go into 12 dimensions. And there's so many different ways, and I think it's important for people that are listening or that are interested in these topics that 
no matter how we try to pinpoint and explain these things, it does no justice to what is actually out there. Even what we see in these healing sessions, what comes to us, the information we're able to research, it's the best that we can do with the limitedness of our human perceptions. And that is what I find so fascinating about any of the stories that come on and any of the research that we do. And especially with you, I mean, my heart goes out to you because you see beings that you're like, what the fuck are you? I got to go find a book about you now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's the part that I did leave out. So I, in uh, when was it, June, I was outside and I found this stick and I'm like, I have to have this, right? It was just a twig with another trick around it. Then I was outside again, and I found this other stick, and as soon as I picked it up, I felt like I had to shoot people with a gun, like, poo, poo, poo. Like, this stick comes, I'm like, why am I collecting sticks? I mean, yeah, I like nature, I go hiking all the time, but I don't ever pick anything up but rocks. Then I went to the metaphysical fair in um, September in Denver, and I there was this piece of Chihola cactus, and this girl had put crystals in it. As soon as I picked this thing up, my arm raised kind of like I was raising it like a sword. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to put that back down. Oh, <laughs> and my yeah. We talked about that. It was, it was the one where it kind of feels like if you, like, put your hands in a doorway and then you turn and they, like, raise up on their own. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was and my, super trippy. Yeah. And my friend was with me. She's like, oh, my God. As soon as you touch that thing, your angel wings just flew out and about whacked me. And I'm like, I put it down. Then I went back and bought it the next day. And so I've been sitting with this thing because every time I touch it, I feel like I'm going to, I'm being plugged in again. I have finally started using this thing. And every time I use it, I cannot come back in my body very well. I stay out there pretty far, but I've been using it to like cut things out of people mm-hmm. and to realign their energy field. But yeah, it lights me up. Like I had an Is event in Topeka. you showed me at the last show I saw you at? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I finally, I did a solo event in Topeka by myself where I had to drive home. I had the hardest time staying in my body trying to come home. I was like, la, 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 no, wait, I'm driving. Like, oh my gosh. La, 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 la. But that thing makes me feel like I've been electrified and I'm just like so power, full of power. Oh my God. Honestly, it's, if I touch selenite, that's honestly what does it for me. Well, I've, you, if you could see my room, I'm surrounded by selenite. I have it everywhere, but too. But I have crazy landlines. Um, lay, I shouldn't say landlines. I should say ley lines. Ley, yeah. Yeah, I have crazy ley lines in the uh, neighborhoods that I live in just from, I mean, literally past energy is the best way mm-hmm. to describe it. Um, and I, I was like, why? I've never collected so much selenite in my life until I moved into this neighborhood. And now I'm just like... Mm-hmm. I just, bought a Merkaba. I just bought a Merkaba that's this big of selenite. Ugh, dream. <laughs> I have a bloodstone Merkaba, and now you've just upped my I need that in my life game. <laughs> yeah. And then I finally had one more, two more incidents lately. One of them was last weekend at the fair. I had this girl come on my table, and again, she told me her name. And I said, so-and-so's higher self, please allow me. Nothing. Said it a second time, nothing. I'm like, okay, this is the final time. You're either going to tell me, let me in to work with her or not. And they're like, you're calling the wrong name. And I'm like, she told me her name. You know, it's written on the paper. She signed, right? They're like, no, you need to ask for Crystal. That's not what this girl's name was. So I'm like, okay. 
I say this name, and all of a sudden, boom, I'm in this girl's field, right? And I see this spaceship over her body circulating. And I'm like, what are you showing me this for? They're like, she also works on two dimensions. Crystal is her other self that works in the spaceship. And then when I went back to work on this lady, I found that she had had implants in her and I had to use my tool on her. And I also got seen that they had biopsied one of her ovaries at one point. And so when we were done, I told her all this. I said, do you sleep at night? I mean, do you dream at night? She said, no. I wake up tired. I said, I bet you travel in this spaceship with your alter ego named Crystal. She's like, that would make sense. A lot of that stuff is really hard for people to hear. <laughs> you know, like when you're going in and you're trying to figure out what's going on with your physical body, you've just met what you're still skeptical of an energy body. And then you have someone throw an alien encounter at you. I mean, it could really either wake you up and send you on your path or it could shoot you yeah. back into a comfort zone and a, these fucking yeah. people are crazy. I'm very cautious with who, when I start talking to them about the basic stuff at first. Yeah, like you kind of got to feel it out. It's like, what crystal yeah. do you like? They're like, rose quartz. You're like, oh, mm -hmm. so you're just beginning your journey. <laughs> yeah, so that's... And then last week was the final thing that's happened that's been mind-blowing. I haven't meditated since June because my life's been a whirlwind the last four months with moving and everything else, surgery. Um, so I decided, you know what, I was having a rough day. I'm like, I'm done not doing this anymore because I used to meditate twice a day. And so I hadn't meditated since June 19th. I always put it in my journal. So I, I, I never set intentions. I always just say, angels guide, you know, whatever I need to know, do next, show me. This time I intentionally said, if I have a message that I can channel from God, I'm open to receive. I'm also open to receive any uh, messages from any of my ascended masters or my angels. And also lately I've been getting the sense that I need to work with other people besides my current business partner. I said, if there's anybody else that I'm supposed to work with, please tell me and show me how I'm to work with them. I'm like, we're just going to do this because I don't ever do this, right? So I sat and I do, I did my mantra meditation first as much as I do. Uh, I was initiated into Ganesh mantra when I was at the ashram and I was gifted the name Uma um, by our swamis and Uma is an aspect of poverty which is Ganesha's mom so when we do your mantra you repeat that deity's mantra 108 times while you count your mala because I knew because usually if I restart meditation I'm like 10 minutes I'm done so I knew I was going to need assistance so I'm using my mala, my mala and I go through all 108 Ganesh and so then I'm just sitting there and all of a sudden I have my notebook and I start automatic writing just channeling channeling, channeling, and the first time I heard Tabitha, but usually when I channel, I hear I or you, and halfway through, I started seeing this we, so finally at the very end, I'm like, who is we, because I've never seen we ever in my channeling, or my automatic writing, ever in the last two years, and I hear, hi, we are the primordial three, we are from the ninth dimension, we will now be with you for the rest of your journey. We are full of love and light, and we are here to help you create that on earth. And now you will be able to channel us at any time. Okay, I just got goosebumps saying that out loud again. <laughs> yeah. So that's where you're at now is definitely like the ninth planet and really <laughs> stepping into your power as a channeler. And I've been really fighting with this word powerful because everybody who's seen me work with my new wand cross 
can see the power in me. And to the point where we were arguing about this all last week, and they're like, you're powerful. I'm like, no, it's just growth. This is just growth. This isn't power. And I just want to deny it so bad. Like, I don't want to use that word because I struggle with that word. Because I don't ever want to be above anybody because I've always felt alone and I've never had anybody in my corner. No one, ever. I've been alone since I was a kid. I've done everything by myself. I've never had a support system. So this idea of creating this community, I don't want to be powerful because I don't want to you don't want to be Offend a anybody. person. You don't want to be a guru and I don't, or on a pedestal or no. anything that people portray that they're not, but still. Because then I don't want to lose this community, people. right? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to lose the community that yeah, I've created. You want, you want which, a circle. And I want to keep it. And yeah. so if I keep, if I have this power. So we've been on this bantering back and forth with my community, how powerful I am. And they keep wanting to say it and rub it in my face. And I'm like, no, this is just growth. <laughs> Yeah. I kept saying, I'm not saying the P word. I'm not saying the P word last weekend because they kept trying to get me to say it. So I'm really trying to work on the whole. But when I hold on to that wand, it does. I feel like I could take on the world. So if people wanted to book services with you, do you do stuff online or is it just in person that you're able to do it? Um, I will teach. I teach classes and stuff online, but healings, I don't. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm very connected to energy, even though I don't touch them. I just don't feel like the energy is appropriate for me to do it online because it is so profound. Mm-hmm. I get that. Everybody and has so, their preference. What classes could people sign up for you or sign up for, for you? Online, I actually have a chakra class that I'm teaching um, that's starting here in a couple of weeks. Um, I also teach various essential oil classes. I teach classes on spirituality, like what's a medium, what's a psychic. Um, I also have a class called Empowering Inner Peace where we learn what grounding is, clearing is, nourishing yourself. So I can teach any of those over Zoom. That's amazing. But yes, if you would love to contact me, the easiest way is to go to my Facebook page. It's called Essentially One Wellness, LLC. And then there's a link on there to my link tree where you can actually book and see all my services and all my classes. And also, if you just hit the description right now below, you can hit Connect with Tabitha or... Uma, which I'm totally putting that as a side note, and you can get in contact. Do you have any advice for our listeners before we get off here? Just to find your people, find that community that's going to help you grow and be the best version of yourself so that you can live your purpose. That's why you chose to come to earth. You need to fulfill your purpose and let your light shine. Beautiful. Well, I really appreciate you being so vulnerable with us today and telling you all this. I know it wasn't easy. I know we came into this wanting to be anonymous. And I think it just shows, you know, more compatibility with you embodying everything that you're going through. And I send you so much love on your new channeling journey because channeling is definitely one of the most profound things I have ever seen, experienced, and heard of as well. Thank you so much. And feel free to come back and tell us any new stories or anything that you'd like to fill us in on in the future, okay? Will do. Okay, my friends, before I get out of here, I am bringing you Nightcap, also with Big Wise Brass Band. We're going to listen to a song called Do Travel. So I will see y'all on the next episode, and I hope you know I love you so much. Your soul, taking the road, let's travel by.
your mind As well as your soul Just taking the road, let's travel by Only to know that you live high It's not the time It's a guilt you'll find And seeing your whole life has been passing on you And all those damn years that have turned you blue Look at your face 